y'all. I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Beyonce could learn a thing or two from Kim Kardashian West. We're replacing flower crowns with culture. And a documentary about Beyonce does not require a cameo or several by Jay-Z. Or does it? I don't know. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Beaver Talk. We're already coming in so hot on this episode <laughs> that I'm like very nervous about what's to come. Yeah. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. You almost spit out your water I, during my tagline there. I mean, yeah. We're going to get into it. I think we should. We're going to get into it all. How are, how are you doing? Did we just say that? Yeah, we did. But okay. it's okay. I'm doing well. I feel like I'm really happy to be back in the studio and just recording. I feel like spring is like in the air and I have so much more energy than I've had in a really long time. And mm. I feel like that's exciting to me. Yeah. I just feel better. The cherry blossoms are popping. Yeah, and just like more hours in the day and just feeling a breath of life. Good. And Beyonce is on Netflix. Yes, she is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Betty is for those of you who have been living under rocks for the past couple of, I guess only, I guess only a month, really. Um, Beyonce released Homecoming, which is a documentary that chronicles her 2018 Coachella performance and it is a concert film and that it shows you all the coverage from both nights of her Coachella uh, you know when she was a headliner and then it also shows all of the months and months and months of practice leading up to the performance and kind of what she wanted to include in it what her intentions were and um, how it came to be. Yeah, the official description, the tagline is... You had the official description in front of you and well, you, you did let such me just a beautiful, stumble through. Well, you, just, you did a beautiful job. Well, I kind of wanted to see what your description of it was. And this is what the... It, and what Beyonce wanted it to be. Sure. This is an intimate, in-depth look at Beyonce's celebrated Coachella performance. Reveals the emotional road from creative concept to cultural movement. Cultural movement? Can you predict a cultural movement if you haven't released the documentary yet? I mean, I think based on the performance, when she did the Coachella performance, it was definitely waves were echoed. You freaked out. You texted me. I did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was like, oh, you know, I'll dip in for five minutes of this and watched all hour and a half. I mean, it was magnetic and riveting and there was a story and you could tell there was so much work and you were just I think also the idea of a festival performance where you know I think we hearken back to the days of Woodstock where people just get on stage and play I mean she really put on a concert mm-hmm. and that was something spectacular and wonderful yeah it's phenomenal and I think what I found really funny was like I mean Coachella is so white and it's so like privileged and just really like I mean it's like the influencer olympics is what it's being called and like I remember when when Beyonce performed in 2018 all these people were texting me and like telling me like oh my god Beyonce is phenomenal I'm like correct (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's also but I do think I mean I've seen Beyonce in concert several times and this was above and beyond maybe not above and beyond but this was something different 
And I think that's what people are responding to. Something different for someone who doesn't need to be different. Mm. Like, I think that that's what I so deeply appreciate about her is like, you can coast for the rest of your career if you want. A hundred percent. And I think that she's always giving us her best. Oh, she's always like just going so above and beyond and trying to push it and trying to push herself and trying to push her dancers and push her like everybody is being pushed. And I think what I really thought of when I was watching Homecoming is I'm a huge Beyonce fan, obviously. So I love the music. I love watching her perform. I could watch her perform for eons. And I think what I appreciated is that I thought of Justin Timberlake, who has been around for the same amount of time Ooh, and comparison. has been at the top of the, his game for his entire career or from, you know, he is the top echelon now. And I thought about his Super Bowl performance that he gave last year. You know, this was Maroon 5 year. Last year was Justin Timberlake. Um, and it sucked. <laughs> it sucked because he just like... It was so safe and like it was so expected. And he did, you know, all the big songs. He did the melodies. He did the medleys. He did all of it. And it was just so safe. And NFL plays a huge part in that. They're, you know, notorious for being extremely restrictive on artists about what you can do at halftime. Mm-hmm. But you look at somebody like Beyonce, she could have like rocked up to Coachella and done the exact same thing that she's always done. Everyone would have been happy with it and she could have gone home. Yeah. And I deeply appreciated that, like, and I'm not comparing NFL to Coachella. I'm just saying, like, two big performances of two big artists who took very different approaches. Yeah. Well, we haven't, I mean, it it is a little bit like comparing apples to oranges. But, yeah, there's so many artists who, you know, are at the top and then they kind of just coast or they lean on what we know them to be and they don't evolve and Beyonce you know, especially when I think about Lemonade has always been someone artistically who is pushing the envelope of what she's capable of. And I think as an artist, it's, it has to be so much more rewarding to put work out there that is vulnerable and interesting and different and probably keeps her very much engaged in what she's doing. I I would imagine after playing worldwide for many years, it could get kind of dull and she brings it and that's exciting. Yeah. And I think what I, I like, and I got from this doc is that she likes to be challenged and she doesn't like to coast and she doesn't like things to be handed to her and she doesn't like it to feel easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that I respect that she is constantly looking to challenge herself. Totally. Which is very cool. What? Why are you? Being- well, that being said, <laughs> I feel like Why are you so scared. Right it now? took her eight months to put together that Coachella performance. It took her eight hours to make this documentary. I felt like it was so flat and it was so lazy and it was so boring. Eight hours. How do you mean? Like of energy. Oh, got it. And I was so disappointed and reminded of how removed Beyonce is from what she will give us on screen. And I almost wish they had just put out the performance and it saved us from these weird vignettes that we had to, that gave us so much interesting in-depth information and then left us with nothing. Really? Yeah. I did not like this movie. Okay, let's get into it. Or whatever this, this thing was. Me. It surprises me to hear you say that because I thought you were going to watch it and feel very differently. So, like, give me some notes. Well, I thought it was boring. You thought the performances were boring or the vignettes were boring? Her Coachella performance is amazing. It is hands down one of the most incredible performances. 
But what they did where they go, here's five minutes of information and 15 minutes of footage left me as an editor to believe that they had strung these, these pieces together and they go, we don't have enough to make a movie. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to slice in all the performances to fill it. Or my other thought was, because I've been thinking a lot about this, <laughs> um, they created them to be web segments that were put online. And then they said, no, let's sell this thing. The performance was amazing. And Netflix goes, we'll give you $20 million. And they said, great. That's probably more true. <laughs> but the It thing, definitely felt web series to me. Because it felt like every vignette, which were gorgeous and beautifully shot, mm-hmm. felt like a beginning. It felt like the beginning mm-hmm. of a concept. You know, we're going we're gonna to start with, you know, picking these beautiful dancers. And now we're going to move on to black culture. And we're going to talk about the history of Howard and all of these iconic black colleges. And then we're going to start a new vignette about postpartum and not eating so you can fit into your class. I mean, it just felt so disconnected. And they're a story that is so linear, mm-hmm. you know, building this show. It felt so empty. And I felt like we really didn't learn other than knowing Beyonce's incredible work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the part with the dancers, it was like it felt so disjointed to me. And I felt like I didn't learn anything new about her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I fast. I was like, well, I guess we're just fat because I've already seen the performance. Right. So for them to drop in 20 minutes of that, also from a flow perspective, you know, like I could see like dropping us in on key moments that was like, we worked really hard on this, mm-hmm. you know, showing it in some kind of, but showing us the actual performance for 15 minutes and then going to black and starting a new story. It just made no sense to me. Yeah. I would agree that I think flow wise, I think that they couldn't decide whether they want. <laughs> I mean, did you watch all two hours oh, or yeah. did you fast forward? No, I watched the whole thing. Okay. I love, I love watching. I had never seen the performance. Right. Right. I'd only seen like clips from it. Yeah. I could see if you maybe you hadn't seen the performance, you might want to stick around. Oh, that's where like 99% of the momentum was for me. Because the thing for me about Beyonce is she's a terrible interview and she has absolutely no energy on screen. She gives it all on stage. Well, she doesn't want us to know. This the the other thing is like, this is a film by Beyonce. So like she doesn't want to want to give us anything. She doesn't want us to know anything. She does want to keep it all on the stage, which is fine. But then don't give us a documentary that's a behind the scenes look when you're not going to give us anything. I don't feel that she didn't give us anything. I I did. And fair. But I think that that's like. You also weren't a huge fan of the other two docs, right? Or the other one doc. If we could call it that. No, I was was not a fan. It's such a bad movie. Well, it's like a long commercial. It's so, she's so controlled and she's so reserved about what she wants to give. I mean, historically, she doesn't give interviews. Mm -hmm. And I get it. If you want to keep your mystique, then do that. But there are other ways to make a documentary about this performance, which we can talk about, that would have made this amazing. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get that. We got this weird segmented, I truly believe they were made as like webisodes. Hmm. It didn't bother me as much. Interesting. I don't, and maybe that's because, you know, I hadn't seen the Coachella performance. Maybe it's because I was very in the mood for it when I watched it. And mm-hmm. I knew, I knew exactly how she was going to be. I think if And you I knew exactly seen... that Jay-Z was going to be in it. I knew, you know, there were just a bunch of things I was like, tick, 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 tick. This is a Beyonce movie. Right. Um, so I think going in with that expectation for me made it so that I could just let it almost wash over me like a wave as the fan I am and just be like, I'm here for whatever you're going to give me. And I know it's not going to be anything majorly deep. Right. 
And I loved the quotes from Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou, like accenting it. They were beautiful for the first three vignettes. <laughs> and then I was like, another quote? Really? I would have we loved- We starting all over again? I would have loved it more if Beyonce had talked about why she picked the quotes. I would have loved it more if they had been more in context because knowing her team, I'm not even totally convinced Beyonce picked the quotes. Just because, like, it just, there was kind of a bit of a disconnect in there. By Beyonce. I think she Who had her hands. This? I think she had her hands all over this, and that's why we got nothing. But I don't feel like I got nothing. <laughs> I mm. don't feel that way. I, think, I feel like I got exactly what Beyonce wanted me to get, and mm. that was like okay for me. And I get that it's, I get that it's not enough on any level. Yeah. But I think Beyonce is the most controlled woman on the planet. I just, and you're gonna, you're not gonna get a very vulnerable, hugely emotional response from her. Right. But there are ways that Beyonce could have made this documentary that would have made it way more interesting where she could remove herself from the process. And I think had she done that, you know, we could still have a great film about this amazing performance, but I just, this felt so lazy to me. Felt lazy. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Because think about like the, the breadth of the content. You have Mm -hmm. a two hour documentary and you're actually only going to spend 20 minutes on original content? Like, what are you actually making? On original content? You mean the... Meaning the vignettes. Got it. And I, d- I don't have, like, a, my, you know, I didn't uh, take the notes as to how long they actually right, are. No. But if it's, like, the performance was an hour and then maybe this thing was an hour, I don't know. It just felt like it should have been a separate beast altogether. If you and And I understand that as a Beyonce fan... If you wanted to tap into this and see the performance, fabulous. I almost wish she would have just sold them the performance to Netflix for $20 million. Don't make us sit through these like half-baked like thoughts and ideations that don't go anywhere or don't give us anything. Because every time she pops in on a topic, I'm like, this is, ama- this is so interesting. This is the intro. I can't wait to, f- to get to the middle and to the end of this thought. And we didn't get any of those things. It felt like every section was like a new idea and an intro that then faded into the sunset. And I actually thought the parts with Jay-Z were like the most interesting. I this is where we got to see. All of it. <laughs> I did. I, I see what you're saying. I see how it kind of skipped rocks and we were kind of just hitting the surface of things, moving on, hitting the surface of that, moving on. Hit, you know, she was yeah. kind of going down the list. It just felt so formulaic. I, I literally fast forwarded through the performances. And was like, I can't oh my wait God, to. That's so crazy to me. <laughs> I like can't. I've already seen it. And fair, but and that's fine. I think though that like, I was just in it for the journey. Mm-hmm. I, I so deeply appreciated that she was putting on this extremely intentional, extremely meaningful performance, mm-hmm. and had the foresight and the insight. And her team was with her to create a film it, film everything that's happening. From yeah. casting the dancers to calling Jay Z to, you know, all the backstage stuff, and I think that but as a I, content creator and as like somebody who really appreciates like people having a big vision for something that they're creating alongside this other huge thing that they're creating, totally, I loved that. But I feel like in similar vein to the Lady Gaga documentary, if I had control of this footage, what we would get. Like what are you, we get to see like such a glint, like a just surface of all of these very fascinating things. 
and again, like, but not in a way that cohesively told a story, which was like jarring to me. And I feel like if you're going to spend that much energy, like, and I, to be honest, now that we're talking about it, when I look at Lemonade and like the creative genius and the, yeah, genius is the best word for it. When I look at what Beyonce is capable of creatively and vulnerable, like the, that level of vulnerability, yeah. why are we getting like this half-assed perfect version of this, of, of this, per- it's like, it, it blows my mind. It feels like we're seeing two different animals. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, I do. I know what you're saying. As far as media goes. I know what you're saying. I mean, I think. I think. And I was bummed about it. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Beyonce is not going on HBO. Like, this is a film by her. We're going to get like. And maybe my expectation, I think you're to your point. You're like, you knew what we were in for. You signed up. You you hadn't seen the performance. You let it wash over you. I was like, maybe I was expecting too much. I don't think so. I don't think it's bad to have expectations from literally the top performer of the world. <laughs> it just could have been so beautiful. Okay, so tell me, tell me, tell me like what okay, here are my you ideas. wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, let me know. Okay, so here's the thing. If Beyonce doesn't want to be in this documentary or she wants to show the level that she's shown us right now, we need emotional depth from characters that are not Beyonce. Here are two ways that we could have done that. First of all, the dancers. We could have followed, picked two or three women or men, whoever, and show their journey, show them starting, show their experience, show how they felt, get us emotionally involved in what is happening. Because Beyonce, we know and love, we're seeing her from a distance anyway. Let her be the high, you know, on the high mountain or whatever, and have everybody talk about how great it is to work with her. That would be great. But from a story that needs a beginning and a middle and an end, we did not get that from her. So give it to us from somebody else who's part of it. That would be great. The other thing is we could have, there was so much cultural nuance in the performance, especially around black culture and a black culture today and historically and women. I mean, there was so much there. And I feel like what I was most disappointed is when they were like, you know, this is part of black culture. And they were like, it's historical. And then that was it. Like we didn't really go into like the nuance. And when we look at her picking the costumes and the badges and the sequence and the colors, like, give us more information. So maybe having a narrator who is like a cultural context, you know, a Roxanne Gay, a someone who's like embedded in black culture who can be like, look at how amazing Beyonce is. Look at what she did. Look at what she built. And then Beyonce can float in and out like she's doing anyway. But to have her be the anchor of this was not enough. Do you think Beyonce fans would care about any of that? That's a great question. Because <laughs> I feel... And- and maybe they would. And I feel like, you know, this is part of risk taking. This is part of kind of like doing something that's different. And mm-hmm. I agree both movies would have been great. It was not this movie, but those two other things definitely would have added to this. But I I don't know that if I watched a Beyonce movie, I would really care to like hear about. We know why Beyonce's awesome. I don't need Roxanne Gay to tell me. Mm-hmm. I know why you want to be a part of this Coachella performance. I don't need a dancer to tell me. I just and felt, so I think, but I see what you're saying. I think those are two like amazing ideas. I just but felt I know like there I were no stakes because there was no again. Like I keep going back to this idea at the beginning. There was no like there was no struggle. There was no like we saw her working really hard. It's like, and they'll do this sometimes in other reality shows where like they'll give us like a like a glimpse of something and we're like, oh god, there's the story, and then we never see it again. 
you know, like when she's in those meetings and she's giving notes and we got like two minutes and I was like, I need to see Beyonce yell at somebody. I need to see her get in there and I need to see her running from meeting to meet. Like we got such a surface of it and I just, I'm, I was bummed. Yeah. There's nothing she's not going to show you anything. That's going to fuck up the image. No. And, but you're right about the Beyonce fans. They don't care. I think, I but think so. I think this is an interesting point, and I think that Taylor Swift is going through a very similar thing right now, where they're not putting out good work necessarily. I th- I loved the Beyonce doc. I can see your points on it, uh-huh. but their fan base is so fierce that it doesn't matter. And this is where you can kind of get to coasting as an artist: is that Taylor Swift's new song is not good work. Mm. Nineteen eighty nine is one of the best albums ever made. I can't even believe that it's the same person. That's a quite a bold statement from Miss Matthews. It's incredible. 1989 is a phenomenal pop album. Sure, yeah, I agree. And the oh my god, like the tour she did with it and the shows she did with it and bringing on a huge fucking star for every different city. Like there was just so much going on there and so much that she wanted to say mm-hmm. about her work. And I think what Taylor Swift is going through right now is she has this loyal fan base who will love her no matter what. And I think nobody is kind of there's no more pushing the envelope. There's no more pulling back the curtain and expressing vulnerability and releasing an album that you want to release. And I think that Beyonce goes through a very similar thing where people will love homecoming no matter what, if you're a Beyonce fan. And so she doesn't need to be vulnerable. She doesn't need to show those moments. She doesn't need to pull back the curtain at at all because that's not even really what maybe what her fans want to see. Right. But it's what makes for good storytelling and it's what makes for a good documentary. Yeah. So the two are not talking to each other. I could also see that if you are so starved for Beyonce, any Beyonce is good Beyonce. That's where I come from most days. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get the the perspective of that as well. You know, I do I do respect and love her. I'm not I don't think I'm like a diehard fan by any means. So I'm coming a little bit more objectively on the on the whole thing. That's good though. Like I think that, that that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, well, that's why we're here, Diane. Well, that's why we <laughs> ask these questions. But that is good. And I think that like I've talked to a bunch of people about homecoming and it's a lot of mixed responses. And I think Beyonce is almost getting to a weird place where she is so separate and so isolated in our culture that I wonder if like a younger generation can relate to her at all. Mm, because she's not as transparent as other people who are snapchatting and doing that kind of stuff you mean she's completely opaque she does not play the social media game she does not play the politics game she does not give interviews she does not does not does not does not does not but i do think that because her work is so good anyway that it doesn't matter in a lot of senses like think of how long we've had to know her it's been 20 years of us listening to her from Destiny's Child all the way through. Should I text Sal's cousin and ask <laughs> See if the kids like her? <laughs> yeah. But I think this is interesting as an artist. Like, are, are you, and I'm not, I don't think she needs to be relatable. That's not necessarily the right word. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if, like, keeping herself this hard and this, like, separate is going to come back and be a problem. That's such a good question. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. One of the in- most interesting things in the documentary, again, a nugget that just flowed in, into the wind was when she said she was talking about doing the performance, how it was the hardest thing she's ever done. She pushed herself. And she says this one line that's like, and I'll never do that again. And then it was like, wait, come back. <laughs> I have more questions. Uh, yeah. What about it? 
like, right. was it the like the postpartum part? Was it just the hours? Was it not eating? Like, wh- <laughs> where were we? I, there were so many moments that I just wanted to pull my hair out. I got it. I was like, because you see like how starved she is and how exhausted she is and how like Jay-Z is really... raising her kids and like bringing them by and like she's hugging them and then going back off, you know, like I get why she wouldn't do it again. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Visually, like she just looks like garbage until she gets on stage. I don't mean like physically garbage. She just she looks tired. so tired and like not having fun at all. There is no joy in that in that process. I know. I th- that kind of hurt me a little bit too because it also reminded me of Gaga's Super Bowl show of like there's so much pain in the process, but if there's no kind of joy in the payoff, which I thought we saw way more joy in this through like, oh, yeah. you know, the collaboration and all of the other dancers, but I did feel that a little bit of like, and maybe it's a contractual obligation. Like she passed on Coachella the first time because of the pregnancy and now she had to like, you know, get it together. So, but that did hurt a little bit to see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think what these people put themselves through to give us entertainment is shocking. Yeah. And I think what I appreciated about homecoming is that there's definitely the sausage being made. You see her come back and she can like, she's like, I can't keep up. I can't do the moves. Mm. I don't know if I'm ever going to be back to the weight I want to be at. Like, it's just, I think that like, there was such a, not vulnerability, but like you just really saw how hard these people were working. Totally. For the purpose of a Coachella performance. It's that's so, like, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> like it gets me giddy to think of how, like how hard they worked. Like yeah. it's just a delight. I know. Like the type A brain, like part of my brain just like, ex- like all these, you know, mm-hmm. cells explode thinking mm-hmm. about it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, dare I ask what Beyonce can learn from Kim? Well, just the tra- just sh- sh- giving us a little bit more, showing us a little bit more. Have you seen Kim Ugly cry? Oh, <laughs> it's iconic. Yeah, but is it? I also feel like I only ever see what Kim wants us to see, which is more than Beyonce has given us in this documentary. Well, Beyonce doesn't have a reality TV show. I know it's it's a <laughs> it's an apples and another apples and oranges comparison. It's our favorite kind of comparison. <laughs> but I will. I don't know. I there's some there's there's so much there that I also think could be, and maybe this is also kind of why I was bummed about it. it was like even when she talks about like coming back and her body and and having the babies, I was like, there's so much there that could be healing for other women mm-hmm. if Beyonce said it. Mm-hmm. And I think we got a feel of it. You know, we got to feel a little bit of the joy of like her putting on the costume. and But even that was kind of sad knowing she's not eating. I don't know. I just felt like, and maybe I'm putting too much energy on Beyonce to. She gets a lot of backlash every time she talks about being a mother. It's a, it's like a common thing throughout her miscarriages and then her pregnancy with Blue and then her pregnancy with the twins. Well, we didn't know about the twins till it like happened. But mm-hmm. um, every time she's like spoken out, it's like crazy backlash. So I think that she also does not want to put herself up to like it. She didn't want it to be about that because she's like, I'm doing this other thing. Totally. And I I am not Beyonce <laughs> and what? I have felt weird energy around talking about my daughter and sharing things and weird judgment that really does of all the things I've ever talked about make you feel icky. And so I understand maybe not going into that, but I just there again, there's so much there that could be 
unearthed. I guess the director in me just, I, I see a whole vision and I see a whole, and we know what Beyonce is capable of emotionally with giving us in the creative. So it's like, this just is a weird wall. I don't think she some- owes it to us though. I don't think that, I think she has had such a public life and she has never had anything that has been hers. Mm. And I think that as a mother, she's probably like, can I just have my family and not have to like give you the updates? Then why do the documentary? Because I think she's showing what she does as a performer and as a creator and as like, but we didn't even get to see all of that. Like we did. (laughs) (laughs) But I, and this but is, you could have seen that Coachella performance and said, holy shit, this took, I, I mean, in my brain, I was like, this must have taken years. Mm-hmm. Like, the work is there. We totally. didn't need to see her, you know, in sweatpants doing, like, a dance routine for five seconds. I don't think we needed that. But I liked it. <laughs> I, like, I, I, think, I think this is, like, what she does. And I think I really appreciated seeing it. And I appreciated hearing about how she cast the dancers and making sure that people looked up on that stage and felt represented. And I loved hearing why it was important to her to give an homage to homecoming and to black, black colleges and high schools and, and black education and history. And I loved that she did all of this at Coachella. Like I just keep coming back to like how badass it is that she did this at Coachella where she is not performing predominantly to her audience. Mm -hmm. She's performing to people who probably we're like, yeah, Beyonce. Isn't she did that. Everyone like, a Beyonce love. fan, though. Oh my god, no! Really? I've learned this talking about this documentary with people. Interesting. I'm like, did you watch Homecoming? I'm like a little giddy kid, like so excited to chat about it. And people yeah. are like, oh, hater. And what? I'm like, I've never heard a, the the H word when it comes to Beyonce. Or they just over her. Or they just don't care. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I think this goes back to your point about expressing vulnerability because I think if you're not with Beyonce through her music then you don't know her you don't know her wow diana sos <laughs> i have a question for you hit me um being a beyonce fan mm-hmm. tell me about the jay-z of it all oh. how did that what did you what did it make you feel to see him because to be honest i was like i there's nothing i love more than watching people in relationships and like studying their mannerisms uh-huh. and seeing how they talk to each other uh-huh. so i deeply enjoyed all of the Jay-Z of it. And I liked that he was there with the kids and I liked that he was a dick on the FaceTime call. I I thought it was the most interesting part of this film. I liked the face. You thought he was a dick on the FaceTime call? Well, I think she's expressing so much joy of like, I can fit back into my costume. And he's like, cool. Like he just- He was excited and she hung up on him. I don't, that's not how I read it, but- and then, yeah, no, that's totally what happened because then she, Beyonce says, like, how come guys just don't get it? Yeah. They, like, made a yeah, comment yeah. that he, like, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't, like, get it up for her. Oh, boy. Um, Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> I felt like I wanted to hear from him or I felt like I wanted him oh. to go away. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I feel like you're one foot in, one foot out, and you're kind of like the overbearing manager sitting beside her in all of these meetings that she's clearly leading and clearly handling by herself. And I just kind of didn't know what his role was in this. And I felt like they're on such a plane right now where it's like they want to be seen as the Carters and they want to be seen as this united front. But this was Beyonce's vision. And I think what I thought was weird is that he was just kind of lurking. Mm. And I wanted him to say something. I actually wanted him to like speak because it just felt like cameos. I didn't think we needed him to speak. 
I thought this is Beyonce's show. It's her movie. He's he is her husband, and he's just around. It kind of reminded me of like Russell Brand and the Katy Perry doc. Is he in that movie? Briefly, till he breaks up with her over text message. Did he break up with her via text message? Have I've you seen, not watched I've this? Seen this movie? <laughs> is it the one where she's in the mirror? Like it's all a dream? Is that what it's called? Yeah, something like that. Part of me. Yeah. Wow, 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 Diana. Now I'm on a whole my brain know, just, now we're just left on like the a building. concert movie. We're just thinking about everything. I don't know. Everything. I kind of liked that he was around but like not interesting enough to put on camera or was was doing. He didn't feel he's lurky. Jay-Z. To, he didn't feel lurky and he just but he's her husband in this in this scenario. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I just And like, you know, might whisper something here or there cuz he is Jay-Z. I liked it. I liked that he just was he just popped up. Yeah, I didn't really get what he was doing in all those meetings because he wouldn't have needed to be there. Well, it's not, to me, it sounded like if you're doing something so giant of a project, you know, again, I'm not Beyonce, but I will be comparing myself to her. You know, when I had to make big decisions for Dream Girl, you know, I had a co-founder, I had you, but I would always talk to Sal about creative, my creative decisions. Certainly, but he didn't come to the meetings of, with you. I mean, but we also worked out of my apartment. I mean, had had we been successful enough where he could have, he might have been in the room. Just side-eyeing I, that relationship a little bit. I Totally, and I get that. And <laughs> I recall when we watched Lemonade in the office, I was like, they're divorcing. Like, I convinced you 100% this was her, like, goodbye letter. And you were like, absolutely not, Aaron. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and you were right. So you are the default Beyonce whisperer in oh my this gosh. case. Blessed. Blessings. That's amazing. I'm putting that on my business cards. The default. Your IG profile. Beyonce whisperer. Um, but I agree. And I know that I'm like a mega fan. And I think we're can coming I, to this from very different places. Can I ask you another question? Please. Is there anything in the Beyonce as the whisperer that you, any notes you could have given her that maybe would have made it better? Or do you think this is all we're getting from the queen? This is all we're ever going to get from her. Okay. Um, she has no reason to do anything else. And her life has not been her own up to this point. And I think that she is, it's, there is no vulnerability there because she has not been able to do that. And I think that, I, I think that I would love to, I would love to see the movie that you described, interviewing the dancers, interviewing prominent black cultural um, thinkers and folks, yeah. strategists and all these kind of people, but that's just not what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think what we have to keep in mind with Beyonce and with the kind of content she puts out that that portrays her private life in air quotes is it's only ever going to be what she wants you to see. And it's frustrating because we want more. We think that we should have more Mm. if you're going to put out a movie like this. But I think we just have to be okay with what she's willing to show. I hear you, but there's part of my brain that's like thinking about lemonade and just how vulnerable it is. And but maybe that wasn't Beyonce. Maybe that was Sasha Fierce Mm. because she's not doing anything. She didn't write the spoken word poetry. She didn't, you know, it's, it's a performance in and of itself. And I think that she went to a very alter ego place with that album. I think it's very, I mean, it's my favorite album of all time, but it's not the same thing as showing your kids and your husband and you making breakfast at home. Right. That's a level of vulnerability that Beyonce is very capable of and very happy with is what she put in Lemonade. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and what she puts on stage and what she shows people. She is never going to be the person who does a Kim Kardashian and shows herself in all facets of life. Right. Ugh. Here we are. <laughs> I don't even know. But I do know. I mean, now we know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I hear you. I think we both have, you know, a perspective on it that makes sense. And I think, to your point, Beyonce fans will love this movie. And if you are a fan, you should watch it. You should watch it. But I also think Beyonce maybe needs to work with a really incredible female director to help her with the stories of these things. Because there are great stories to tell. And I think her having such a chokehold on all pieces of it is going to stifle the creative endeavor of it. Totally. But I think like you said, she doesn't owe it to anybody. And if this is the part of her life that she wants to keep for herself, then that's her prerogative as well. And that, I, I respect that. Um, do I wish I, I, I wish they would have just put the performance out in its entirety and then maybe gave us like a 10 minute segment of like, look how hard we work to make it. Like that's all we needed to have it, to build this as an intimate in-depth look at the creation of was wrong. And was not what we saw. Fair. Oh, boy. It was black and white. Oh, my God. I hated the filters, too. I hated the filters oh, so much. I was like, what are we doing? The ones that made it look like a shitty, and like, they weren't 80s even consistent. home video. And yeah. I was like, what are Awful. we doing here? Awful. I was like, this is Beyonce. We've spent mega bucks on this. Don't give me some black and white fil- like Instagram filter. Especially when the filming at the concert was so stunning and so beautifully done. Also weird that they went in between the costumes, like the night's. Did you do you feel it didn't that bother me? I like that. It was this. so strange. I liked it. I levitated when Destiny's Child came out. Oh, so good. Holy moly, I died a thousand deaths. I mean, everything. Dancing with Solange. It's a iconic performance. Ugh. She she brought the whole fam together. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't the beginning was weird. It just it was all it felt to me like a college um thesis video project. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Showing like the weird petals in the sky and then opening up to the performances. And then 15 minutes. Oh, the, of the intro of this movie was really tough, bad, I will say. Tough. I did not want to watch her walking on backstage. You should have just opened with the woman doing the drum line and then have it like be the opening. It with was the like, horns. yeah, we know this is a behind the scenes right. movie about a movie. That's like, why it smack felt, us all over the head, people. That's why it felt it felt very like somebody who'd never made a movie before was making a movie. Uh-oh. And maybe Beyonce did make this movie. I think she's going for an Oscar. Not with this, but maybe eventually. I wonder if you could get like, maybe she could win an Oscar though for like the music or something. God. It's probably the best Beyonce mashup of all time. I wish we had heard even more about like the production. I mean, we could go on and on about we the We could things. go on and on. We won't. Yeah. Um, there's a lot coming out on Netflix lately. There is. You were excited about a Gina Rodriguez film. Which I saw the first three minutes of and then I something happened in my life. Probably with my baby and never watched again. I haven't bounced back. So I, it's, I'm going to finish it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's about New York and her, her gal friends. The girl who's in the... Oh my God, this is going to be like a <laughs> Spike Lee. Do you know the TV show he did? Dewanda Wise? Yeah, she's the friend. There's, it's a great cast. It looks fun. Cool. I'll finish it. I'm someday. excited about it. I feel like I'm catching up on all the streaming platforms. What about you? What are you watching? Um, I'm watching Rami right now on Hulu. 
Um, yes, I keep getting ads for this. It's so great. I love it. It's very different. It's a very different story than I, I, it's completely outside of my experience. So I feel like I'm learning a lot with it. Cool. And Handmaid's Tale is coming back real soon. I was just going to put something on the Beaver Talk Instagram that was like, who's brave enough to, to watch the season of Handmaid's Tale? Do you think I can watch it yet or no? Uh, you need to watch last season in order for this to well, make no, sense. Well, no, I know. But can I emotionally handle last season or no? Yeah. You're think fine. think it's time? Just try. All right. See how it goes. I sobbed uncontrollably multiple times, but. Maybe I need that right now. You never know. It might be a nice release. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking so. We'll keep an eye on that. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll dip in and we'll see how it goes. Love it. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for spending your Wednesdays with us, Kent. And happy Feminist happy Wednesday. Happy Feminist Wednesday, Diana. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!